Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Hi. You know that movie you always wanted to see, but you didn't for whatever reason? Well, I call those black hole films. Everyone has them, and this podcast aims to do something about that. I'm Jeremy Lalonde, and every episode I'll be joined by one or more guests to watch a film that at least someone in that group hasn't seen. We'll talk about our expectations of it before it, and then our thoughts after it. This is episode 33, and I'm joined by Hannah Cheeseman, who is an actor you might have seen on Murdoch Mysteries, The Animal Project, Max and Shred, but she also works behind the scenes as a writer, director, and producer. That's right, she kind of does it all. She's worked on shows like Orphan Black and Working Moms, and she created one hell of a web series called Whatever Linda, that if you haven't seen it yet, Google it right after you've finished listening to this episode. Because right now, Hannah and I are going to sit down to watch a film together. So we're watching The Graduate. I'm Jeremy. I have seen the movie, but not for a long time, probably when I was in film school. Okay, and I um, have lied about seeing the movie. Is Hannah? Oh, hi. Sorry. <laughs> I'll do a proper intro. Don't worry. Okay, cool, cool. But. I'm Hannah. I'm Hannah Cheeseman, and I've uh, lied many times about seeing this film. And Why? Uh, oh, because I get nervous when I don't see film sometimes. I say I, say I have. See, it's a shame. I know. I'm but ashamed. You, but I'm don't be ashamed here, because the whole point of this is that we embrace it. 100%. No, look. This is me turning over a new leaf. Um, and I'm... I'm 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 stoked to find. I mean, like I've seen bits and pieces, right? Yeah. So so now I actually get to see it in its entirety. So I what? Don't, yeah. Go ahead. I just want to say I don't lie completely if I haven't seen a, a anything. Bit. Right, yes, right, right. Yes, but you're aware of it. Yes, and I've like watched bits and pieces in, in TV as a kid, like growing up seeing it, but never watched it from its from entirety. Tip to tail. Yeah. Oh, and there's lots of stuff in it that have been borrowed from other movies hmm. um, that you'll probably know when... I, 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 want, I don't want to ruin anything. But you'll don't ruin it for you'll me. You'll just notice certain things. I've literally stolen a shot out of it that oh, I used well. in oh, yeah, the movie. Should. As you do. Yeah. Um, so what do you know about it? Okay. So, I know the soundtrack. Yep. <laughs> really well. Um, no, the soundtrack, no, it's Dustin Hoffman. I know it's about an older woman and a younger man, her student. I'm not going to say. I don't don't want to ruin anything. I don't want to give anything away. Okay. And it's about, like, Dustin Hoffman uh, pretends to be a woman. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) That's not this. Yeah. Um, So that's, like, all I know. I don't want to. I got a bunch of little trivia stuff. I don't want to give away too much of it. Well, you could give away. I mean, it's out of context, ultimately, for me. True. So... One thing that's interesting with this movie mm-hmm. is that when it came out, first of all, no studio wanted to make it. Oh. So it was raised, I think the money was raised from like a private funder and um, where did they get it from? But it was it was kind of a movie that was reje- like a project that was just not shepherded by many people. And at the time, it was kind of an unknown cast. Dustin Hoffman hadn't been in a movie yet. Oh my God. I don't no think. Way. I think he had done a lot of Broadway. Wow. But it was wow. the first, uh, his first major feature, if not feature at all. Cool. Um, I think an Anne Bancroft. Anne Bancroft, is that right? Don't look at me. Oh my god. Um, to the internet. To the internet we go. Uh, I don't want to get this wrong. No, I don't want you to either. Yeah. So how come they didn't want this to? Who? Who? Why were people not behind it? Do you have any? Knowledge of that, or just the the lore? Of yes, Anne Bancroft. Right. She was the only one that was kind of a star. Okay. Uh, and then, and um, 
uh, Catherine Ross had been in a... Sp- she's the... Oh, I don't want to say. Okay. Who she is. But she's kind of the third part of okay. the, the third lead. Cool. Uh, so you were saying... Sorry, I interrupted. Uh, it's okay. Uh, you were deep in the web of the internet. Um, I was saying, do you know what it was about the this movie that didn't have, bring it forward? Like, Or was it just a typical movie? Nobody wants to... You know, typical story. I don't know, because it was that era of... I mean, it's early 60s, mm-hmm. so we weren't quite into, like, the independent streak of the 70s right. and art okay. films like that. Okay. Uh, so this kind of predated that. Mm. Uh, and this ended up being nominated for Best Picture. It won Best Jesus Director. Christ. Wow. Um, who, and, who directed Well, that's it? it. The only star of the movie was really the director, uh, Mike Nichols. Oh, okay. And so he had already done huh. uh, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. Yeah. And so he was a known director at the time, so okay. he was the one thing that was kind of the the safe, bankable thing about the movie right. at the time. Right, right. Because Anne Bancroft was probably considered somewhat washed up at that point. Huh. Uh, not washed up, but not an A-list uh-huh. celebrity by any means. Oh, okay. And the other two young leads were... Virtual unknowns. Virtual unknowns. Oh, uh, and then catapulted them onto success. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Let's any, just, any other? What? what? We, should, we should just watch it. Let's just watch it. I'm already eat, I've already eaten half my popcorn. That's okay. Yeah. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. We just finished. We've been sitting in silence. Yes. Literally. Yes. And. And, okay, I mean, lots. <laughs> lots, so okay, much. Yeah, lots. Like, I mean, I looked over at you partway through and was like, I fucking love this, right? Yeah. And I mean, there's so, like, the fucking, ooh, the cinematography, the, the uh, it made me think so much about, like, right, the use of wides, not cutting in, and the use of darkness, and not having to show everything, like, just, oof. But also the, the use of just, like, holding tight. Like when, yeah. when it's not the first scene of the movie, but the, when he comes down after he's left his bedroom down to the party, mm-hmm. we just hold on oh him the whole God. time yeah, totally. and we never see the room. It was so great. It's so claustrophobic. Yeah. It's just what Mike Nichols does in this film and what totally earned him the Oscar that he won that year was this super strong sense of point of view that this movie has. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, very true. Yes, yes. Well, and I mean, but on every level, too, in the storytelling as well. Like, what I'm curious about, I'm curious to know what the genre of this is. I guess it would be a drama? I think it's considered a, rom- a, a romantic comedy. Is it? Okay, good. I'm glad to hear that. Um, a romantic comedy, but with, like... Drama. Y- with drama. I mean, the last image of the two of them with their faces sort of fallen. Yeah. You know? And it's it's not like this this bow that's wrapped on what's going to happen between the two of them that are in their lives. And I mean, ostensibly, like, they're, you know, 20 and they're in yeah. love and, you know... But it ends on uncertainty. Mm-hmm. Which I love. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's... I mean, it was nominated for Best Picture, but that's, this is also the era... This is the early 60s, so... You know, uh, you know, Annie Hall. A decade later, wins for Best Picture right. in the in the right, right, seventy seven. Right. So you know, this is an era where movies didn't have to be uber serious to be a Best Picture. Oh, Jesus Murphy, imagine. You know? No, that's it. So you uh, could just tell a, a human great. character story totally. and it be a great movie, and that's enough. Yes, it doesn't yes, have to be spectacle yes. or about uh, an issue. Of the yeah, day, you know? right. Yeah, it could yeah, just yeah. be a really well story 
A really good story well told. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, it, it was also interesting because you could really feel, especially at the beginning, it feels um, like a play a little bit, you know? Mm. Like, these days I'm reading a lot of screenwriting books, and some of them are very old. And, you know, I can see some of the, the way that the, like, the rising conflict in a scene between banter, the terms, like, so beautifully and classically executed, mm-hmm. you know? And, and... So at the beginning, it felt like a play very much to me. And I know it's based on a novel. Yeah. Um, yeah. It almost feels like two different movies. Oh, 100%. Which I was... Which, yes. Go ahead. That's no, no, what no. we're going to get to. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because there is like the first half uh, before, I guess, the sex montage. Mm-hmm. Which is... A, that montage is such... So inventive for that time period. 100%. But even now, like, yeah. there's that great shot where he like... He, he jumps out of the pool and, yeah. and he looks like he's going to land on a raft, not a raft, but like a... The, uh, the pool... Um, thing. The pool, not a boy. The thing uh, you land on. The thing on. you land on, that you lay, lay on. Inflatable raft. Yeah, totally. We'll call it that. Gonna, yeah. But then he lands on her, right? Yeah. yeah. And it's just this montage that takes place, I guess, over months, it sounds like. It ends up being, yeah, because she gets changed and moves back and forth. I mean, so beautifully, beautifully done. And the, and the natural ease with which he comes into his own as a young man, you know, through that, through him just watching the TV screen as this woman is getting changed, you know? Uh, yeah. So, so beautifully done. Well, he's such a different character by the end of that montage. Yes, exactly. But he's so awkward and yeah. hilariously awkward. Yeah. And just the way he's yeah. like, of course, yes, man. He's just like their relationship, his and uh, Mrs. Robinson. Do we ever learn her first name? I don't think we do. No. Which yeah, I think they sense. do that intentionally. Yeah. Like he never refers to her as anything but Mrs. Robinson. Yes, totally. Like that is always there. Uh, you know, their their relationship is never warm mm-hmm. ever. Mm-hmm. Um, Although she does show emotion, you know, when they have that first conversation, when he's like, "Well, let's finally talk. Can we say some words?" You know. Yeah. Um, we see her as a human being, you know. Um, and also, I just I just loved some of the, the moments, like you know, uh, when he first is at her house and uh, she offers him something to drink and says he's going to have bourbon, and then that's always what he wants after the like when he begins to ask for that, you see the first like these beautiful little seeds planted. Yeah, the term he decides he's a bourbon drinker. Yeah, yeah, which also just is foreshadowing, you know, him coming into his own. I think at least, yeah, you know, but absolutely agree with you that these are like two different films. Going on the first here. half and the second half, yeah. Yeah, or even like the first, you know, just over a third and then the rest of it, I think, right? Yeah. Right? Um, yeah. So, so spoiler. Oh, no, you would, we, they will hear. It's, I, we, we are assuming you've watched the movie if you're listening to this. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Th- yeah definitely. Um, I was just going to say that, you know, you had said at the beginning when we were talking about this that you wondered if I would dislike one scene well it was more that i just it wasn't even you i mean but yeah mm. sure mm. uh it was more i was like there's one scene where i wondered if it would still play it would play differently now but then as i watched it the way it's set up i think it's like oh, let's talk about it sure. so you know what scene i'm talking yes, about yes totally one it's in the strip club the scene where he takes her to the strip club the peelers I guess, yeah because yeah, it's interesting i was reading um an article was it just today it was either today or just recently um, you know, with all the stuff that's been going on mm-hmm. with Me Too and yep. all that, and the Weinstein things, yep. uh, someone put out an article about, you know, the 17 romantic leads that actually did really creepy shit mm, right. in the movies. And one of them was of Benjamin Brett. Of course it was. We could go through all of this and just name all the moments where we're like, what the fuck <laughs> is she sticking around for? This would not 
Anyways, yeah. Yeah, and the one, and but the moment they picked was the strip club scene. Hmm. And I was like, but yeah, I see that. Of course, he does something terrible. He does that on purpose. He knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. He knows he's trying to be shitty to mm-hmm. her because he wants her. The date to go badly because he made a promise that it right. would. So it's intentional. Yeah, and then you see him turn, and he even sa- he literally says, "This is not who I yeah. am. I don't like myself like this." Yeah, because the way they described it in this BuzzFeed article, whatever it was, mm-hmm. they're like, you know, she's crying and begging to go home, and he won't let her. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that's not how the scene played out. No, that's not how the scene played out. However, what I what I will say to that is this: like up to that point and that the funny I was thinking to myself if I was to rewrite this whole thing today with the same story beats yeah like knowing where all the turns are and by the way wow this movie travels such a distance like a lot to be learned I think in terms of writing for the distance traveled from a lead character let alone plot points like I don't think movies are packed as much in some ways these days I don't know yeah um but uh the 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 I guess the moment where I sort of became a bit, I pulled back from the film that I was loving so much, was in the strip scene, but not because he brought her there, because she just cried. Like, it was such an awful and demeaning moment, no doubt, especially with the woman shaking her boobs behind her. Like, oh. I forgot about that. I forgot oh, about the boob part. Oh, that's And, so and what does he say? He's like, you're missing quite a show here. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but the fact that all she does is cry, and then the fact that she runs away crying, totally understandable in a lot of ways, but then, like, he kisses her, and then yeah. suddenly they're in the car. You know, that's just, like, the beginning of all of the ways that, that it ends up being a... This could turn into a creepy thriller really quickly. You yeah, know? it's true. The tone could shift so far the other way. And today, if someone was to do those things, that's the lens we would probably see that through. Yeah, I think you definitely wouldn't have him kissing her now. No, you know, you could, you could still, you could, you could make a, you could make it work. I guess. Well, and you wouldn't. I think you also maybe would not just have her crying. I think we we see yeah. women characters these days, and hopefully women uh, in in real life. You play the anger more, I think. Right? Well, yeah, you'd be like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Even if you were a shrinking violet, you wouldn't. You know that that wouldn't uh, that wouldn't play. Hmm. Yeah, and then even like he kind of becomes a stalker. Well, not kind uh-huh. of. He, he definitely <laughs> does. <laughs> kind of. Is yes, totally, that. totally. This doesn't need to be qualified. No. Um, but it's interesting. It's interesting because this movie is 50 years old now. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. This movie yeah. is 50 years yeah. old. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, man. That's a, that's a long time. A lot of things have, have shifted. Yeah, because this is, it takes place in the early 60s, but it was before the 60s became the 60s. Uh-huh. You know? Right. It's like they're on the Berkeley campus, but you're not yeah. seeing hippies, you're not seeing yeah. protests. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not quite that era just yet. Yes, right. It's still that era of, you know, 1950s housewives. Yeah, totally. And, and that it's hearkening to it. I mean, obviously, if this film is playing then, it's, you know, the subject matter is pushing into territory that, that as yeah. you mentioned, was not maybe explored, kosher, any of those things. Then, you know, um, and I mean, what's interesting about all this is that, that like the, the opinion upon which it all, you know, rests and shifts is, is us believing that they fall in love on that date ultimately. Right. And, um, and I mean, you know, I think it's absolutely done very well and, and believable enough, you know what I mean? Because you have to believe in young love, you know, it's like Romeo and Juliet in some ways, like you have to really... Like that has it to is be kind of a modern day Romeo and Juliet. Well, their quality of love certainly is yeah. because it happens right away, 
more or less, when they're honest with each other. And, and all of the action has to be believable from us believing that that is what is, is true to the yeah. story. Um, anyways, I just find that an interesting access point for the entire film. Yeah, it's interesting, because I, cause I think I do buy it, and, and the moment I buy it, that they're in love with each other is when he's saying goodbye to the door and she's like stealing fries out of that bag. Right. And they're just talking about seeing each other the next day. Yeah, totally. And he's like, you don't have to if you don't want to. And she's like, no, I want to. Yeah, totally. And it, and it's just, it's that little, that nothing moment. Yeah. Uh, between them. Even more so than the scene that precedes it where she says, I'm glad you're over this affair or whatever yes. you're having. Yes. You know, that's the moment where you kind of see the spark. Uh, and it, it is like, it's a nice contrast between his relationship with her mother, yeah, which is just all physical, yeah, um, but in a really cold way, yeah, you know their their relationship outside of that kind of kiss that he forces upon her, yeah, um, is very intimate in an innocent way, right? You know, they're just talking, they're just oh, yeah. relating yeah. as human beings, as people who are the same age, yeah. also a very young age. Well, there's a great moment where they're at the at the drive-in. Not a drive-in, to drive, like a... Yeah, the... Uh, a drive-up. Yeah, yeah, drive yeah. It's not a drive-in drive movie. Drive-through. I mean, really. Yeah, yeah. the old version of the drive-through. Yeah. yeah. Where uh, the car next to them is too loud, and so they roll up the windows. Mm-hmm. And you expect, as an audience, I think you expect that... Well, no, now, now we'll no longer hear the outside sound. We'll, we'll zone mm-hmm. in on what they're saying. Yeah. But it's the opposite. I we know. don't get to hear what they're saying it's anymore. So great. But we just get to watch them relate. It's so great. And we don't need to know what they're saying. No, totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, no, great, great, I mean, great storytelling through pictures in this, obviously. Um, even when he, you know, the moment when he shuts the door on his mom and dad who are in the kitchen to his bedroom. Yeah. It's like such a great uh, visual metaphor. That whole montage should yeah. be studied. Just yeah. For, and anyway, no doubt, no doubt. if you ever want to make a montage in a movie, watch yeah. the montages in The Graduate. Especially that one in particular. Yeah. The yeah. one that spans that course of weeks or months. Yes. As he's turning into a man, yes. so to speak. Totally. Totally. But I also found, like, I was really into his relationship with, with Mrs. Robinson Sr., not the woman who becomes Mrs. Robinson at the end of the film, the daughter, uh, Elaine. But, um... I never thought of... Oh, I guess she becomes someone else, so she wouldn't become oh, Mrs. Robinson. Oh, she would Robinson. be Mrs. Robinson. That's true. That's true. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. Never not, mind. Not in that day and age, anyway. Yes, that's true. That's true. He wouldn't take her name. Um, but one of, one of my favorite scenes was the, was the when they were in the hotel room and he was like, let's finally talk. And the moment when he is asking her about the car and the Ford, you know, wanting to know details. And there's such a great, like you can really see the actors actually playing and being super present when they kind of have a laugh and a smirk about yeah, She's like, what are you talking Exactly. About? Yeah. It feels like lovers. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, it, yeah. That's the one scene where you get a sense of intimacy between them yeah. or familiarity. Yeah. Yeah. That seems very alive. And is it one you, and you wonder, it's like, is that scripted? Was that, or is that something that, mm-hmm. that they go off there or was it just that good? They were that good. I that... think they were that good. I think like, I think when you're an actor, you're able, because there were moments where Dustin Hoffman would, you know, Oh fuck. What was it? There was one moment where he laughs and it's either with Elaine or, or Mrs. Robinson, but Again, like when when an actor is really present and doing their work to the the highest degree, their reactions don't necessarily aren't necessarily in concord with what they're saying. Or, yeah. You know what I mean? Like that, and that's true human nature, yeah. right? But they make it work though, too. right? Oh my God, sings, yeah, yeah. Well, that scene, there's so many of the like you were talking about the masters, the way it was shot, but like that scene in particular is 
Yeah. Really, I think there's three shots in that whole scene. And they just hold. Yeah. They keep on going off and on yes. that with the lights. Yes. And I know, and you can hear like, an edit in some yeah, of the dialogue. Right. Uh, right. So that's almost the way that, like, huh. there's, there's a lot of instances where, uh, you know, being able to watch it on a, on a big format. Totally. And, uh, and with the high depth, you're able to see some cuts. Yes. That are hidden inside yes. of sequences. Yes, that's true. Um, but I don't think I noticed them when I watched it on VHS. I'm sure it was the first uh, time I saw it. Right. Right. Also, what do you think... I mean, it, it is well executed, and I, I guess the easy answer to, this question, to the question of what do you think was, you know, sticking in Mrs. Robinson's craw. You know, I know... <laughs> well, I know it was sticking in... <laughs> Not, not Mr. Robinson. Not Mr. Robinson. No, not Mr. Robinson. Also, I don't know what a craw is, actually. Where that is... I'm just going to assume it's a... <laughs> for, for the purpose of this conversation, I think we'll... Sure, sure. We can give it a nickname. Okay, okay. Uh, but what, what was her issue? I mean, like, I know it's she was forced, more or less, forced into marriage with somebody she didn't love and a loveless and sexless marriage down the line, but, like, her... And, you know, alcoholism and all of that, but her anger is so great. And, and I buy into it. I can buy yeah. into that being that's born of that life, but it almost felt a bit bit removed or a bit higher pitched than than the movie at least gave us access to in, into like her what story. was her issue well yeah I think she was just bored and she saw him as her plaything. but i mean after the so so you mean territorially after I think the it was, fact. well why didn't she want him to be with elaine what? well he'd already been with her there's that i mean i know but she didn't seem to be above that kind of thing well, she was so removed and so cold and so professional, so adult, seemingly, about the yeah. whole thing that, and at the same time, though, you know, unhappy enough in her marriage to to go into an extramarital affair, but the fact that she wasn't, you know, adult, quote unquote, enough to then also be like, our time has passed, this was never going to be a thing, because she never treated it like it was going to be a thing. Mm-hmm you know, go ahead and take my daughter. I just, I'm, for me, I felt like there was maybe something that was, I'm trying to fill in the blanks and that's fine. Happy to do so around, you know, what was it? I thought that maybe she thought something, something was going to be revealed about like, uh, the reason you can't date my daughter is because of this, some like horrible it's thing. It's really your ha- sister. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I guess because her, you her, thought her morals weren't that high. Yeah, just a little pitched. I think it was more to the fact that she probably didn't want her daughter to be with a man who would sleep with a married woman. Hmm. Interesting. It's hmm. kind of the way I always read into it. Okay. It's a bit territorial. It was the fact that he was her plaything. Yeah. Uh, and he wanted her, or she wanted him to be available whenever yeah. he wa- she wanted him. Yeah. Uh, and it meant the, it would mean the end of that. I see. I, I think it, it works on a couple different levels. But I can understand that. It's like, mm-hmm. I can't imagine I'd, I'd be ever in, in this situation. We'll see, Jeremy. We'll see. But, you know, I can't imagine if I was having an affair with a younger woman, mm-hmm. I don't think I'd want my son to date her. No, I mean, cer- certainly not. <laughs> but she was sort of like a wash of, like, the villain at, at a certain point, don't you think? What do you I don't mean know. by that? Like, I feel like the first half of the movie, we started to gain access to, like, you know, quite human elements of her. Even from the, the get-go, you know, I just, I, I felt um, she was strangely accessible. I felt like, for me as the viewer, I mean. Yeah. That, 
you know, she, I don't know if that's because I felt like she did things with a smirk because she was so cunning and manipulative, but it was so comedic, you know, the, the effect, the effect she had on him yeah. ultimately. But I felt like, you know, in the second half of the movie, all of those pieces of nuance that we saw or openings we saw in her were just made a wash of like villain. Yeah. Of, I will destroy you. I'm going to destroy you. Anyways, I mean... No big deal. I think this was ultimately. I think it's like a f- obviously a fucking finely crafted, beautiful piece yeah. of work. If not dated in when we're talking about the Me Too stuff, yeah. you know. Um, it's well. There's. It's hard to watch older movies through the gaze of today. Yeah. You know, even even before you know the last couple of weeks and what's been happening. Yeah. I think it's just it's harder to with whether it's misogyny or racism or yeah. just every little thing. No it's doubt. Just, no doubt. You know, you've got to, and, and it's that question you ask yourself, is like, do I give this a pass because it doesn't know any better? Yeah, I know. You know, I it's know. like where, I think it's yeah, worth yeah, yeah. bringing up and being aware yeah. of it. Yeah. Um, but it's like, are you allowed to give filmmakers a pass or should they have always known better? No, of course they shouldn't have always known better. I yeah. think, you know. But it's interesting. It's like, you know, you look at this movie and there's no way this movie works if those genders are reversed. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. It's the Harvey Weinstein story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know? no doubt. It's Oh uh, yeah, you can't watch that scene with, with Mrs. Robinson as Mr. Robinson and and Benjamin as Bernadette. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't. It's it's not a comedy anymore. No. You know? And it's almost like it's allowed to be a comedy because it's a woman Absolutely. in power. Absolutely. And a young impressionable man. It, it's so true. Which says something about that era as yeah. well. But even us watching it now. Oh yeah. You know, I don't I don't know, like I don't feel uncomfortable watching that as a man. No. I right. don't know how you feel. No, I don't feel uncomfortable at all. At all. I felt I felt very like it just felt very funny. Yeah. Well, because he's so endearing and awkward and and she's so fucking clear. I yeah. was honestly when she was like, "Can you get me a hanger?" I was like, "I am going to ask that question at some point <laughs> in my life of a man." You know what I mean? Where I'm like, I'm two paces away from the the closet myself, and I'm just like, "Can you please get me a hanger?" I just I loved her self possession. Yeah, the dialogue in that first third is just the banter of them back and forth, and the timing, and the rhythm of that all is just so precise. Yeah, and so strong. Uh, but it does make... So how did you feel about him in the second half? Yeah, so the second half And their half relationship. The yeah. The, like, the, as he becomes a pursuer of Elaine. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I understood why they might fall in love. I mean, it makes sense. They are, after all. Like, they're going to feel a proximity that he could never have felt with, with her, uh, with uh, Mrs. Robinson. I was less interested in the quality of their relationship. It wasn't as captivating to me. Uh, but it was sweet and understandable, and and you know, uh, if we're not going to talk directly to the, all of the glaring, what we would call issues today around around you know her being conveniently interested in everything that he put put down, right? You know, um, yeah. I think if you're remaking this today, you've got to spend more time on him and Elaine. Yeah, I think so too. Like, especially even if it's just because I understand structure wise why they would only have one night together before it all falls apart. Oh yeah, that's great. Um, yeah. But you would have it would be like the before sunrise, right? Night, you know, yeah. You, right, you would right, make right. that a longer section in the movie. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and it's not like they would have to have sex that night or anything like that. But you just want to. It's so true, actually. But you'd want to 
invest. You'd want to just get. You'd want to get to know her, the way you got to know him, and or the way that you got to know. I think Mrs. Robinson even. Yeah, which is I think the only thing that hurts, because you know the back the focus of the back half of the movie is his utter devotion and, yes, and love obsession. to her obsession. Yeah, the obsession. He moves yeah. to Berkeley. Yeah, uh, and just stalks her for a bit. Yeah, and then follows her everywhere. I mean, this was a great moment. I love that scene where he's—they're talking, having a conversation. She walks in the class, the door is closed, and he's yeah. still standing there an hour later, or whatever totally. it is. And then they just pick up where they left off. Yeah, totally. It's a um, different angle. And she's seeing another guy, and she's not trying to hide it either. I know. Well, what's interesting too is about like, you know, I think this idea of this fast love. You know, of of, of even though she is probably nineteen. Uh, her being like, well, I said maybe to him too, you know? And the fact that she like, you know, this is all based around like her marriage and whether or not she's going to marry this dude or that dude. Like that, that's, that wouldn't hold up today either. No, because that was the era of, you you know, women got a job until they were married. Yeah. And then they didn't need that job anymore. Yeah, totally. But I think, I think, you know, the fact that there is the example of fast, deep, profound, follied, uh, young love in Romeo and Juliet is. I wonder if that was like a strong touch point for the novel writer or the adaptation. Yeah, I've never heard the comparison to that with the graduate, but it's pretty apt because it happens instantly. You know? Yeah, because even Romeo and Juliet, when it's performed properly, the mm-hmm. first half of that is comedy, mm-hmm, right, and, then, and then, right. then it shifts over. Yeah, that's so true. You know, mm-hmm. um, like the first time I really saw that play performed properly was when it was done at High Park. Oh, God. Must have been six years ago. Christine Horn played Juliet. Oh, great. And they played it. And it was the first time I really watched it going, oh, yeah, they're fucking kids. Yeah. Like, the way her, and I can't remember who played Romeo, but it was like, it was so funny and smart and charming, and you really got it in a way that's like, yeah, they're just a bunch of fucking kids that don't know any better. Of course that's why they killed themselves. Yeah. I mean, I wonder if that's also... uh, question of your age as well you know because you read Romeo and Juliet when you are 16 yeah and and it's like confusing language and you know it, but it, it what studying it does is it sets up the archetype that allows us to then see this and believe it as well yeah you know but um yeah 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 because he does in the ending like I love the it's almost like the ending gets forgiven because it ends on that uncertain note. Yeah. Like a hundred percent. Can you imagine like, if they just left smiling? Yeah. How, how dissatisfying I don't think it would, work. would be. No. You feel like it's a cheat. But yeah. You have to know that they're not a hundred percent sure about what they just did. Yeah. And also like, I'm just thinking through the whole movie. I'm like, Oh, what a disaster this guy's going to be in a few years. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like what a disaster this union will be. Uh, and who, who, who knows? But it's just like, if I'm being very realistic yeah. about it, you know? They, the guy, 40 years later, wrote a, uh, a sequel novel Oh. called uh, Homeschool, or Homeschooled, I believe. It sounds like the stupidest plot. Yeah. It's about uh, Elaine and Benjamin are, in fact, together, and they have a child or children, Okay. and they want to homeschool them because they don't believe in the education system, okay. which is similar to his thoughts in this. And they, they're having a problem getting the school board to agree to it. And they need to get her mother involved to help. Uh, okay, I'm like, this okay. sounds so convoluted. Yeah, totally. And in such a weird way. Yeah. I mean, the one thing I really like about the movie, among you know so many things, yes. but plot-wise, 
I like that. I think the way it would be done today, um, and to its detriment, is that Elaine wouldn't find out until the end, or she'd find out later. About would, about the about her her mother and him. You think she would have found out later today, this day and age? Hey, I don't know. I think they'd almost try to hide that hmm. from her. I don't know. I just think you you have that secret held yeah. longer. I, I like, think you're right. I like how she knows and she kind of comes to accept it. Although you learn that she thinks that he raped her mother. Yes. And as soon as it's not rape, she's fine with it. I know. Yeah, that's true. And also that the the question of rape was sort of immediately. Shut, it was. He was like, it wasn't that, and she screams, and she's like, right, it wasn't that. Like, no further conversation, which is fine for the purposes of this film. Again, this day and age, I don't know if it could yeah. have been dropped so quickly that that question. But I do agree with you that it would probably have been held longer. Those dar- those cards wouldn't have been have been shown. And even I was thinking, like, it's a great thing that they revealed that in front of her, you know, with the the through the door, like beautifully done. Um, but I wonder if. If she would have, if it would have just played out like without us having seen it, like I can sort of imagine that happening too, where he comes to the house and finds out because her expression is flat and she's horribly angry that mom said to daughter. Yeah. Like I feel like that's actually more the way it would happen this day and age. In but it's better that he does it. It's much more active. Yeah, I think. Right. Well, I just think he has. It's stronger and it almost allows for her to forgive him eventually if he was willing to Very admit true. it. As opposed to, I was never going to tell you, because she would never know if he was ever going to tell her. Yeah. So the fact that he does, you know, as despicable as as you can see it being, at least he did go to right. tell her. That's Even if it was point. just in the face of, well, if you're gonna tell her, yeah. I'm gonna be the one yes. to do it. I don't. Yes. Want, I don't want her to think I'm hiding this from right. her. Right. That's funny. I hadn't even thought of that, but you're totally right. That's the reason he does it, I guess. Yeah, because they only do. I mean, they do have the one night together, and you can forgive him that one night that he wouldn't tell her on that night because mm-hmm. he's just trying to figure out if he's into her. Totally. You know, and once he does, she finds out the next day. Yeah. Whether or not that was going to be his plan, you don't know how long it would have. Totally. Went on. If it would have just kept going on. No, but there's so many romantic comedies uh, where there's just, you know, the guy is literally misleading the lady or vice versa for majority of the plot. Mm. And that's just seen as okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's so true. That's so true. Like this, people fall in love with people under false pretenses. Yes. And then that's, and then that's like the third act fall when they find out. It's like, oh, why is she mad? It's like, you fucking lied to her for the last... Yeah. Month or weeks or wherever long the storyline yeah. takes yeah. place. Yeah. So this movie's smarter than that. That's at true. At least. Yes, that's true. Um, but then it does take this turn where he just kind of, there's a lot of more montages. Yeah. And, and what I love, like the one technical failing of this film, although it works really nicely, effectively, is the zoom lenses. Yeah. But it's just, they don't have the technology to make it smooth. I, I know, right? which it's I kind of fucking love. Like the moment with the monkeys and we turn around to him and then we go into the gorilla. Uh, in the zoo, like, oh, I love it. I love that it's not perfect, right? Or that one moment, there's the other two that, that leap to my mind where uh, just after the reveal and you're tight on Mrs. Robinson and it pulls back and you, and you yeah. see, see the two in the frame. And there's that one when he's first at Berkeley and waiting where it starts on him and pulls back to show mm-hmm. the campus. But it's just so clumsy and mm-hmm, clunky. Totally. Like, I think there's even a shot in the beginning where, where we're pulling back and someone is, is it, is it, 
Dustin Hoffman who's soft focus. Like somebody is soft focus for quite a bit of time until it's until it's found uh, the focus. But I can't remember the shot. Was that opening shot uh, after the the opening on that plane where he's just got the fish tank behind him? And then his dad comes into the frame. But we're still just holding on him mm-hmm. again, really establishing this is the point of view. This is him. Totally. And his mother, like, walks in front of the camera. Yeah. And it holds for a couple seconds. Yeah. And so they, they reposition out. You know? Yeah. They're not covering that scene at all. No. You know, and it's doing that classic old thing when, when you're shooting a Masters 2 where he'll walk into the bathroom, brush his teeth for a second. And we don't follow him. We don't look mm-hmm. into the bathroom and see that shot. We just hold out there and wait for him to come back. Absolutely. You know, there's even when he... Uh, when she seduces them for the first time and she's in the bathroom, they walk on a corner. We're just watching the, watching the empty hallway for a mm-hmm. second. And then they end up mm-hmm. both in the, uh, in the bedroom and you've got those great, that triple cut where his head yeah. turns three times. And then just those two or three frames, they insert her, yeah. her breast. And, yeah. Uh, I don't think they show her crotch. They show just above it. Yeah, the tan line. I love that she's a tan line. Major tan line. They would never have that. Today? No, today. no, 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 no. No, no, but I mean, tan lines, was that more acceptable or eroticized thing back then? I don't Maybe. know. There is something that says this is a woman that of luxury that probably wears a bathing suit That's a true. That's true. It's kind of a character thing. I think it's also like a very realistic thing though, too. Like I think, I think if we see a nude body, mostly male, male or female on screen these days, like that, that isn't there. It's like, it's like a wash. It's no. not, it's not as lived in as like. You know, but I think you're right. It also gives a it gives a great insight into the character and how what her daily living is like. Yeah, because Anne Bancroft is so you know remarkably attractive in this yes. movie, but she doesn't come. But she comes off as a woman of her age. Yes, absolutely. As well, you know, they're, they're, it's not like they cast someone in their 30s to play 50 or totally. 40 or whatever, yeah. however old she is. Yeah, yeah. Um, but even like his mother is sexualized to some yeah, extent. Man. There's that one weird scene where he's shaving and she yeah. walks in, in her lingerie. I know. You even remarked. I did. I said, this is a good looking mom. Yeah. Sexy mom. And, but, and what an interesting choice just for Mike Nichols to go, I'm going to, the scene where the mother is going to ask him about his sex life, I'm going to have her wearing like lingerie. Yeah, I know. It's a, it's such a, but it's, it's almost like, is that, I wonder if they're just trying to play thematically with this idea that it's like, you know, the woman he's sleeping with is her, his mother's age. True. And he sees her in a sexual way. True. There's an Oedipal thing going on yes, there. Yes, right, right. I, I think it's in, it's clearly intentional. Yeah. But, uh... There's also that interesting moment when uh, he phones Mrs. Robinson for the first time, and then she says she's coming in an hour, and then he holds the door open for, like, many seconds of very old people. Yeah. I thought that was a really interesting look at, and then a married, like a, a marriage party for people, husband, wife, and whoever else. I thought that was a, just wonderful. I mean, it's not, it's not explicit in what it's saying, but it's like, you know, it's just like coloring some things yeah. in for us. That whole mo- that whole sequence between him making the phone call and her showing up is you made a comment we were watching about how it reminds you how awkward you were at that age. Oh my god, does it ever. And you try to pretend like you know what you're doing. Yeah. But you're just a fucking kid. Totally. Wearing grown-up clothes. And I'm going to remember that, like, I'm working on a few things that are around young characters, and I've got to remember that, because this is also such a great example of somebody being such a young kid and turning into such a, you know, young adult. Yeah. He has that great line, too, when he and Elaine are on their date, 
where he says, like, when I graduated, I realized, I thought I just had to be rude all the time mm-hmm. or something. It's also that idea of like, oh, this is what grownups are like. I should, be, mm. I should act like this. Mm. Uh, and they're all just playing, playing the part. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's funny. It's one of those movies that there, there's definitely these elements that don't age well. But I think you can view it as a product of its time. I 100% think you can. Yeah. I'm I, sure other people would have different opinions. Uh, and I yes. think that's valid. Uh, of course, me too. But I mean, I'm, I'm willing to... There's so much to love and like about this film. There's so much to learn from it. There's, you know... Um, so, yeah, no, what, a, what, a, what an amazing piece of work. Yeah. Yeah. Who would you cast today? Woof! Jeez Louise. Good God. That's a hard question. I guess it depends on how young you want to go. Yeah. I mean, because I wonder how old Dustin Hoffman was actually in this. Probably in his... I mean, we could could look it up, I'm sure. Yeah, I'd say mid-20s. I mean, just mathematically, the movie's 50-some-odd years old. Yeah. He's in his 70s, maybe early 80s. So he's not... He's mid-20s, I think, at, at the most. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. So we'd have to, like, thinking, what what actor would that be today? Who could be in their mid-twenties, you know? Because I was thinking Shia LaBeouf, who is thirties, so he couldn't do it, I think. In the day, though, back in the the time, he would have been great in that role. Yeah. Um, Ezra Miller would be great. Yeah. Although he's almost a bit too confident. Although he could do it. I think he could do the... He's a strong enough actor, he could do the uh, the fake, not fake, act. Yes. Is the proper term. Right, right, right. (laughs) Fake that. That first half. Yeah. Um, Yeah, right, right, right. You'd almost want to go discovery roles again. True. And and stay true. And then just cast someone really iconic as Mrs. Robinson. Yeah. That's more the question. Who do you cast as Mrs. Robinson? Woof. Man. Angelina Jolie would be good. She would be if... I don't know if Angelina Jolie has the comedy chops. Hmm. Like, you have to be a bit... Ah, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Okay, I never saw it. I never saw it. She can be funny. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But she's got that smoldering quality. Yes, definitely. You have to have that, like, that just, like, your spine is so straight and you're so... You can go from seductive to cold in, like, a, in a mm-hmm. moment. She'd be interesting in it. We haven't even talked about the music. Well, I mean, like, you know, I, I, I've known... The, I haven't seen the movie and I've known the album for... I think that's one thing people that don't know the movie well know for a fact that, that the whole thing is... Score, not the whole thing. I think there's a couple little pieces that are written by other people. But mm-hmm. it, the soundtrack is, is all Simon and Garfunkel. Yeah. And also that, that a lot of the songs get recycled and reused. You know, like in the Berkeley sequence, the same song was used three times, I think. Over yeah. a period of, you know... A few... Yeah, it's only a handful minutes? of songs and they reuse them. Well, it's almost like the way you would use score now, you would you would um, write themes in the score. Yes. And you'd replay the same piece of music. That's true. Underneath something to, to remind you, oh, now he's thinking about this person. That's true. They use actual songs. Yeah. And you were asking, and we could look it up, uh, if the all the music, the Simon Garfunkel songs were written for the movie, Mrs. Robinson was for sure. Yes. Uh, and I don't know about the others. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I mean... We could look it we up. We could look it up. But that's okay. You can look it up, nerd. You can yeah, scream yeah, at yeah. us and tell us the answer. Yeah. But, uh... Yeah, but it's so remarkable. And that's the other thing I would want to do if I, if you were remaking it today. You'd want to do a similar thing where it's like you pick a... So that's another question. 
what band do you use today to do the new version of the songs? And, and you'd want all mm. new songs. You wouldn't want, like, a cover of Mrs. Robinson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd yeah. want... I think you'd want Arcade Fire. <laughs> That's not a bad choice. Yeah, I think you'd want Arcade Fire. Real poetry, you know what I mean? Like, real songwriters, real artists. I mean, I might. I was going to say... Uh, as an alt um, LCD sound system even but that's like a much more it's because because Arcade Fire is rock and roll LCD sound system is you know I'm not familiar with them okay more electronica and and rock and but you also want to update it all anyway right so that's, that's true so you'd want to update the sound anyway yeah and make it a little bit yes. something different yes 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 yeah yeah I think or I mean I wonder if you do uh, you probably wouldn't do it for this film and, and so I was going to say like a female singer songwriter Maybe you would. I don't know. You know, it's just such a, a young man's story. I wonder if there's a, there'd be a version of this where you could tell it from Elaine's point of view. Hmm. Oh, it's just not as interesting. Very, well, it'd, have, it'd be a very different movie. It would have to. Yeah. You just have to really, I think, to make that love story work between him and her, you have to invest a lot more time in it. Yes. Because there's no way... Like, how would you feel if someone you were dating was sleeping with your mother? Dude, that'd just be so fucking weird. That would just be so weird. I wouldn't even be like, whoa, what? <laughs> You're having a moment <laughs> I'm right having now. Having a moment. Uh, well, because like my loyalty is so to my mom. Um, yeah, but but then again, we also don't know the relationship that Elaine and her mother exactly. Have. Like that's never established whether they were cold together, whether they were. Best friends. That's probably where the story would actually have to start. Is her before she goes to Berkeley for first year or something like that with her mom. We'd have to get to know them first. She'd have to go away and come back to meet this guy and have that reveal. Because the story as it stands for her, which is like making a decision between these two dudes, like that's not interesting. Yeah. The, well, these two dudes and the complex relationship with their mom. But Well, and the makeout king. Is, Ugh, is that what they call him? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Save a piece for me, the one guy says. Yeah, no, that's good. And I then mean, the pregnant pause of cake. Yes. Like, oh. Yeah, totally. You and then you just get a sense of what those guys are like. So, and what that what that moment in the movie is doing is going. That guy's a dick. She should end up with him. Totally. Yeah. It's okay that he's about to break up. Exactly. We can root for him. Yeah. Which actually probably helps with his whole stalker thing. You know. This we, guy. The stalker's better than the. Uh, than this guy, you know? that's well. Maybe maybe there's a third alternative for her. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's, that's not either. She probably of them. could have waited a second and figured out who that third person was. But anyway, not in this film. Not in this film. Uh, you know, they don't kill themselves, right? It's not Romeo and Juliet, but but no. But they do in a way. Like there's a suicide to the end of yes. the movie. Well, they estrange their families. Um, who knows if she'll be able to go back to school mm-hmm. based on how her, you know if her family cuts her off. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Mm-hmm. You know, and their families are intertwined in business. Mm, right. You know, it ends with the, the sound of silence. Yeah. Song. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's meant to leave on a note of, I think they're going to stick it out, but it's not going to be easy. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is going to be real life. Yeah. 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 Any other final thoughts? Um, I don't, uh. I don't think so. That, that was great. That was a great experience. Yeah. 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 I, I love that, like, have with you, you just turned like, I love this fucking movie. Yeah. And it made me go, I'm like, I wonder if the second half will change that. Yeah. 
And it did. I, I, I withdrew. I withdrew a lot more for the second half of it. But then, you know, but then I got back on board. Uh, where did I even get back on? I just accepted that this was a new movie, you know? Hmm. And and I wasn't going to get to see Mrs. Robinson in the same way, which, you know, I was really into seeing their relationship grow. Oh, she's a spitfire. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, you know, I, I, I guess I could wonder what that film would have looked like without this entire 180 in a way. Uh, but yeah, but otherwise, what does the movie become? I don't it becomes Harold and Maude. Yeah, right. You know? Yeah. Have you, right. seen, have you seen Harold and Maude? I've, no, seen me lying. Um, however, oh, that's okay. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, however, I do have this... One second, I'll go grab it. We'll watch it right now. Yeah, totally. No. <laughs> I have this screenplay on my uh, laptop to read, so... It's great. That's what I should do. Well, we, you should come back when we do Harold yeah, and Maude. Yeah, we could do... Okay, sounds good. Yeah, yeah. I'm down. Kelly... Uh, McCormick is one of her favorite movies. Oh, no way. So we can have you and Kelly come on. Oh, and Kelly a great can, idea. Kelly can be our Sherpa guide. Oh, my God. Everybody needs a Sherpa guide. Yeah. You know? I'm constantly looking for my Sherpa guides in all areas of life. Yeah. And you need multiple ones. Yeah, for sure. That's good. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming over. Well, thanks for being my Sherpa guide. Yeah. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Thanks for joining us for The Graduate. If you like the show, please subscribe to the podcast and spread the word about it. You can find me on Twitter, at Lalon Jeremy, and check out Facebook for Black Hole Films. Leave a review there or on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is you listen to this thing. And until next time, go watch something you've never seen before. Thanks. Let's all go to the lobby.